When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't really do any of that shit. I just do a whole bunch of shows. Joining me today, he is one of the owners and founders of the Small Beans Podcast Network. We also used to work together at a website that shall remain nameless, and he's been on this podcast a bunch of times, and he's on this podcast again today. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Swain. Also joining me, he is one of the funniest comics walking the goddamn planet today. If you have a chance to see him tell jokes when he's in your area, you should definitely do it. Or, if nothing else, just listen to him on this podcast right now today. Ladies and gentlemen, a good friend of the show, Dave Waite. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. And boy, do we have a lineup today. Joining me as co-host was supposed to be Andy Sell. Hopefully Andy Sell is okay. It's, it's creepy that on the horror movie episode that was supposed to promote his horror movie podcast on the network, Andy's missing. He really M. Night Shyamalan this thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was Dave Waite. Dave, how have you been? It's been a while since you've been on. Yeah, Not, you haven't been to the new studio yet. I haven't yet. been to the new location. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, I mean, there's the parking's easier out here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Also here today, Michael Swaim. How the hell are you doing, man? Swain. So good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm great. What have you been up to since the last time you were on? Uh, surviving in Hit the mountains. Bra- you know, Whoa. the hardest part of this show for me is the first few minutes. Because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life. When all I really want to do is talk about what I've been up to since last week. And that's why we call this segment This Week in Me about to get really intense i play this myself on the guitar not easy not easy to do while also playing drums there it is i never get tired of doing that but interrupted people yeah yeah that's how we start every episode and playing that riff and no matter how many times people are on this podcast they always sort of forget that we do that i forgot completely yeah yeah I yeah. was like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, his name's Swaim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to alienate the guests right off the bat. Anyway, how are you doing? I don't want to say now. <laughs> I know, you feel betrayed. Much worse, <laughs> yeah. I had some fucking bit about living in the mountains just two blocks north of here, but it's ruined now, frankly. <laughs> so we're talking about horror movies today, mm-hmm. and specifically we're talking about the idea that Trump's America is <gasps> producing... <gasps> Better horror movies. Because Better. That's the contention specifically. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. That was 
you heard that a lot in the run up to the election where people would be like, oh, man, just imagine all the punk songs we'll get if Trump's elected. And it's like, I don't care. I don't want punk songs. I want Trump to not win. Mm-hmm. But he won. And I feel like those punk songs haven't really materialized. Yeah. I mean, it's like music, like really in the 60s and 70s, were like, fuck the man. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah. Like, I don't know what happened. The record labels or, or the music business. I mean, when they. They like destroyed like the Dixie Chicks, and they, you <laughs> they know, did, yeah. And then people are like, I don't want to get, you know, I got a nice house. I don't want to fucking Dixie Chicks my shit, you know. <laughs> Even though those ladies all have a ton of money, you know, yeah. Uh, but now, like, yeah, music. They're like, ah, nobody seems to step out of line, or the songs don't break through the ether, or maybe I'm just not listening. I think like rap music probably is saying stuff a little, but I don't listen. I mean, to Kendrick's it. saying shit. Yeah, Kendrick a a Butterfly is. A masterpiece, but I agree that there's definitely a trend of, and I don't know because you always wondered like chicken or the egg is it that that's what the audience wants now because we're just so troubled we just want distractions I don't know but definitely we're in an era of and it's been there before the 80s was this and then the 90s was like the pendulum swung back but like the 80s and today the most popular music is let's dance we're young everything's great have right. you tried this pill it's a good pill. Uh, let's keep dancing touch my face everything's good (laughs) i don't doubt in some part because of record labels not wanting to alienate trump like that i just read an article this morning about the creator of blackish is leaving abc Uh for netflix his claim was i we wanted to air this kind of like anti-trump episode and they wouldn't let us and abc just came right out and said yeah we we've been cultivating trump supporters as a potential fan base and we didn't want to alienate them so he went somewhere where they'll let him do that and it's like that's troubling well i think it's how many trump supporters are watching that's the whole thing like (laughs) none of them were gonna see it they have a global view some executive has a global view of it you know abc is like oh but the whole brand i'm watching the whole brand you know Mm -hmm. jimmy kimmel is very anti-trump yeah see abc yeah yeah Yeah, he's abc yeah, he's allowed to. Late night hosts seem to have some kind of special immunity. Well, I think, right. Although Colbert's really mellowed out. <laughs> I think, yeah, a little bit. But Colbert, I think, what shot him over Jimmy Fallon and and Kimmel was that he became like the voice of like the resistance for a little bit or something like that. Yeah, although uh, Freakonomics, I think, but maybe not. Uh, someone I listen to a lot of podcasts did a great podcast about a new study that shows that. Uh, Trump supporters watching the Colbert Report believe genuinely that the character is real and that oh, Colbert what? used uh, liberal media and like stealthed his way in with this like his real beliefs and liberals who watch it believe no it's obviously satire yeah but now his liberal. regular show yeah. is him it's not the- true no I agree yeah. but I'm just saying the point is like it's harder than you think to change people's minds if they're done like but if they're I, in but he and we've reached le- a point where we're so two camps that I don't know how businesses are going to react because it's like, okay, we want to produce a show that's four quadrant. Well, what does that mean? These two quadrants fucking hate everything that each other stands yeah. for. Well, we still want to somehow make content that they both will pay for. That's difficult. But it seems to be working with horror movies. Yeah. That- I haven't watched a lot of horror movies. I noticed in like action movies, like, the white guy is the bad guy now. I don't know if you've noticed that. There was like a Mission Impossible, and there was another. I can't. I can't remember the I'm other. Fine one. with that. Feels historically <laughs> accurate. Yeah. But like, it, oh, it was, it was the Equalizer too. 
Oh, which is I, yeah, not that good. But I haven't seen it. But the Equalizer Two is like he goes to war like versus his ex CIA buddies because like mm-hmm. they're like it doesn't. It's all it's all fixed. It's all so we're <laughs> deep just, state. We're, we're bad, all... <laughs> idiot. We fucked you. Do you not? Oh no, he's killing us. <laughs> yeah, but they're like they just like ah, we're mercenaries. Like yeah. we're, we were killing people for the U.S. and now we're just killing people for like crime lords. We didn't believe fuck. what you believe in. Yeah. Yeah, so they're already like, we're killers. And yeah. Like, like, I couldn't really understand, like, the bad guy's, like, what was his motivation? Like, right. Did he just like fucking with you? Like, he's just <laughs> like, I did this all because fuck it. Yeah, he seemed like just a rogue <laughs> agent. Kind yeah, of. but like he wanted to. But not really serving. I don't remember, was he, he serving really, a particular government? I, or? I think he wanted to, like, bring down all governments or. He just wants to raise shit to the ground. Yeah. Purge, if you will. So you haven't seen any of the Purge movies even? I've seen all the Purge ones except okay. the newest one. Yeah. The yeah. newest one I like a lot. Wait, is election year the newest? Or is there no. one newer? There's okay. one now. I'm on election The year. most recent one, confusingly enough, is called The First Purge. That's right. I haven't seen that yet. So when people- I'm aware of it, though. People have probably asked you if you've seen The First Purge, and you were and like, you sure, go, yeah, the Ethan Hawke. Ethan yeah. Hawk, yeah. Yeah, of course I've seen House it. House that doesn't make a lot of sense, but it tried to protect them. Yeah, the, <laughs> that's. I always say this about the Purge franchise. They released those first two movies in the wrong order. That first Agreed. one, we should like they uh, this. They offer up this insane premise of twelve hours of unbridled and then chaos you don't see the in the streets. streets. It's just a home, and then it's just movie. in someone's house. Whereas that's, so... I think they had to make that first one to pay for the other. Agreed. Ones. <laughs> but imagine how much classier or like ballsier would have seemed to flip it because you're like you gave us what you promised chaos in the streets and then they're like guess what for number two we're fucking taking it whole different direction intimate small you'd be like that's a great artistic decision instead of well they used that one to finance that one yeah (laughs) yeah speaking of the purge trump's next his next campaign slogan is literally taken from the second purge movie literally is a tricky word (laughs) It's, it's literally identical to, do we have evidence that he saw it in that and was like, I like that slogan. Give me a Diet Coke. I'm watching the purge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, yeah, that I don't know. So now okay. it's, it, it's word for word the in same the slogan. movie. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, was it in the second movie or was it in, no, it's in the purge election it's year. It's in election year. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the campaign slogans in election year, which is keep America great. Uh-huh. And he wants to put it on green hats. So okay. now we can't wear those colored hats anymore either what is this his one nod to the environment like why what does that mean <laughs> no idea why they're going to be green green this time. has no political like probably a, a pepe capital? the frog reference or some or shit. just i'm rich biatch <laughs> like yeah, is it just yeah money? they're going to be literally made of money and i do mean <laughs> literally that time and so he registered it back in 2017 before he was even inaugurated he registered his 2020 campaign slogan which is keep america great and Someone else a few weeks before that registered Keep Our America Great. And that sounds so bad. But I, they're like, but Trump might go for that. I could see that. Yeah. That's what this guy. Keep America Great. Keep, it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> keep Our America Great. It yeah. was a guy named Patrick Goo, G O U X, who was a Trump supporter. This is his reasoning for filing for that trademark. I filed it so no liberal asshole could file it, 
and I was going to donate it to the Trump campaign for a dollar and a handshake. <laughs> and I like how your notes die in a trash fire, sir. <laughs> He's what I added below. Quote, <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, what a dumb. Hey, hey, rich guy. Hey, you want me to just? Get, that's why poor people stay fucking poor. <laughs> I want to give something to a rich guy that's a total huckster and a con man. Just to salute him and be like, I am of this movement. Right. Just yeah. on <laughs> hat design alone, people should have been like, this is a terrible hat. <laughs> no, but you're right. Uh, Petey Goo could have been like, I mean, I'll take five grand for it. You know yeah, what I mean? For yeah. sure. Yeah. Also, uh, why don't you just start your own racist hat business? That's the thing, is the only thing he added to what. It would so obviously be, which is keep America great, is our, which is a racist dog whistle. Like, if you analyze sure. it at all. The only thing he added is, like, let's keep it in the family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, keep our America great. Underlined our, ours in white <laughs> font with, like, a burning cross in front of it. <laughs> See, now you like the design. You're like, it's a little flashier. I like it. <laughs> and, yeah, they... Uh, so, so that's his next campaign sure. slogan. That's what we're we're going to be hearing. So it is. It's an interesting tie-in to what we're talking about. So one of the articles I have in the notes. Uh, it's an article from March 2017 where they're kind of speculating what impact Trump is going to have on horror movies. They mention The Purge and Get Out, and also Don't Breathe. Anyone see Don't Breathe? Several times. I enjoyed yeah. it. It doesn't feel like a, a Trump-related thing It doesn't feel me. politically slanted in what any What about way. that? I didn't see it, but the movie uh, Green Room, where like the band- Right. Yeah. That would movie. be- I mean, that's anti-fascist all the way, yeah. Yeah. Don't Breathe could be about how the elderly blind of our country can take care of themselves, so we don't need a welfare <laughs> social security well, system. The, the guy was a veteran. I do. Yes. I remember that. He was a veteran and he and, kicked fucking ass. And I think Semper the, Fi. I think the I think the government didn't treat him well when he right he came back home. But uh, I think they. I mean, they're definitely right about the purge and get out. Those do feel like probably the first shots in the Trump era horror movie. But I even wonder if Get Out was a reaction to Trump when so many of the themes are like, yeah, well, racism it did not yeah. predates Trump, and it's yeah. more of a thesis on that yeah it was it, i think more yeah i think get out is more a uh, dig at like like super woke white people just america right. how it's been for a while now <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it, it's more i think it probably just came at the right time yeah because trump was campaigning so yeah i mean it it feels like it came at the right time because i think i believe he was campaigning by then mm -hmm. or had he been elected when did get out it came out in January. I can't connect those dots for you. Yeah, I don't have it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what year, but I believe it was 2017 when it came yeah. out. So he might have just been elected, but obviously right. hadn't been while the movie was being made. But it, it seems like Bloomhouse is the one, if anyone's really addressing the Trump administration in a lot of their work right now, it's Bloomhouse. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Hereditary is the last big splash horror movie. I don't see anything political there per se either. No. I'm trying. <laughs> but they've been behind Get Out and yeah. all the Purge movies. Purge is like on the surface, yeah. And with horror movies, I think it's always kind of been that horror movies were at least a little political. Mm -hmm. And if not just political, like they, t they addressed a lot of social issues, even if it was from a weird, like super conservative viewpoint where like in slasher movies, the person who has sex gets murdered. 
person doing right. drugs always gets murdered. Yeah, that's a very yeah. And it, weirdly, it's like uh, conservative groups don't would like protest that movie, but that movie is embracing family value. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, she showed her tits. That's why she got stabbed through the spine. <laughs> and I haven't seen it in a long time, but one of these articles we read mentioned that Nightmare on Elm Street two is actually like addressing homophobia, which. In from which angle? I Pro or con? <laughs> like, boo! Con. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a gay dream. <laughs> <laughs> but I really need to see that movie again. I don't remember. Anyway, back to Blumhouse. They were actually hired by the Trump administration at one point. Jared Kushner hired Blumhouse's PR guy to do PR for the Trump administration, which. That that feels so blatant. Like it just it just feels like an obvious. Hey, we're gonna the purge is gonna be real soon. Buckle up. It's weird though. Like what I don't see. Yeah, it's perfect for comedians. But what is Trump's team or whoever made that decision thinking? Like we want sort of the same angle you bring to your movies about <laughs> eviscerations and cannibalism. We think that's the right vibe. Like right. that mind is right to represent us in the marketplace well, of already, ideas. They're already in the business of selling terrible, scary things. So why not? That's a good you point. nailed it. It's probably them sitting down going like, look, what's our angle? Be scared of foreigners. Be scared of this. Be scared of that. So what yeah. are we going to start seeing fucking like campaign ads that are like just, I don't know, like. Uh, World War Z style immigrants yeah. flooding yeah. over the wall. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. like, this must be stopped. <laughs> That's why I was so against the new Sicario movie because it stirs that pot. Yeah. It felt like just anti immigration propaganda that we don't need right now. Although it's, I give them the benefit of the doubt that when the team started, because the first Sicario was quite a while ago and he must have been thinking about it even before that. For that. Yeah. He probably just thought. The gang world of northern Mexico is a great vehicle for a thriller that's never been done. And not thought about it beyond that. I give him that. <laughs> but by the time you're making the sequel and it's 12 years later, yeah. it really feels like you're like, yeah, be scared of Mexicans. They fucking kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like. I haven't <laughs> yeah. seen it. I haven't seen it either. I just oh, saw dude, the... it's awesome. This Mexican kills everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that it's a really good movie. The first Sicario yeah. was really good, too. But yeah, one of the things yes. I, <laughs> I thought about while I was putting the notes together for this is horror movies in the 90s, like under the Clinton administration, in that weird time in the country where it felt like we didn't really have an enemy, but mm. we needed one. Horror movies really changed during that time. To more of a, like, it was all parodies of horror movies, basically. Well, they were, like, like real meta. Yeah, like Scream and well, shit like mm, that. Is Lost Boys late 80s? Or yeah, that's 80s. 80s. Yeah, 80s. Lost Boys I'm bad 80s. at time. <laughs> like, I'm bad at remembering what decade shit is from, yeah. Yeah. Can we, can anyone, like, just spew a bunch of 90, emblematic 90s horror movies? So I know Scream, what we're talking about. I Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay, yeah. Final, Those, Final Destination. Final Destination. Launched in the 90s, yeah. Right. Seven in the 90s? Yes. Okay. It's kind of an anomaly because it's like a good film. It's not right, like right. Classic. Seven is amazing. It's not popcorn horror, yeah. Right. It's thriller. Put that yeah, in the consider. Gun. I don't consider that a horror movie. Really? I, don't, I don't really consider Silence of the it's Lambs like a really a dark whodunit. Yeah, it's, it's like more a than that. Yeah. psychological thriller. Did anyone see It Comes at Night? Yes, and I fucking love it. I did I've not see like it five it. times. Wow. <laughs> that is uh, labeled as one of the next generation of movies that 
uh, sort of speak to the Trump administration. Uh, there's also a movie called The House That Jack Built. So excited. That is supposed to be somewhat Trump-related. Matt Dillon plays a serial killer in it, and he is wearing a red hat the whole time. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And it's a Lars von Trier movie, so people were disgusted and walked out when it was... Par for the course. Yeah. Like, if you've seen any Lars von Trier movie... I don't, I don't know. What, what's he done? Uh, he did Antichrist. Antichrist is my favorite. It feels like the most important. Yeah. Uh, but he also did Nymphomaniac. Nymphomaniac 1 and 2. And 2. Both they're both really good movies, and you get to see a lot of fucking. So he's Ooh. a good filmmaker. That's objective. It turns out he might be like a sadistic creep in real life, and that sucks, obviously. Right. Um. Like I would love for someone to be able to make hardcore, like the worst, most disturbing films, and it just be their imagination. Is that not possible? Can it you seems just like it's not. Yeah. Shit? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to know what's going on at Eli Roth's place. Right. Or like with the whole Louis C.K. thing, I was like, I thought those were just jokes. Did yeah. you have to be really doing it? Couldn't <laughs> right. you just have thought of it? <laughs> Eli Roth is direct, uh, directing the, a house with a clock in the walls. Really? That Jack Black billboard yeah. I see that looks Which wacky as I, shit? I hope that that just turns out to be a total gore fest. It's just Jack, Jack Black, Black fucking murder and Ball kids. tortured for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> the clock killed me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see the house that Jack built. I think Lars von Trier always does a very clear metaphor. And... I'm just going to call it from the trailer. I want to say, I've been trying to find this. It hasn't leaked. It's not out yet. It's hard to find. Right. Um, from the trailer, just in case I'm right, I got to predict. I think this is the one that's about himself as a filmmaker. Um, and I'm mainly mm. king off the line in the trailer. And the premise is, he keeps expecting to be caught. But like I just keep doing this shit and there's no consequences. And I love the idea that that's him saying, I keep making these offensive movies and it seems fine, like nothing happens. Because how amazing that this movie's getting released as people are finally like, also, didn't you touch that lady inappropriately? Right. Like, there are going to be consequences. I mean, Louis C.K. made that weird, fuck, that creepy movie. That's that, that's, yeah. what, oh, yeah. that's what set it off. Like, if, I mean, obviously that stuff would have came, but like that stuff came out right before that creepy oh movies. you're talking i love you daddy yeah, yeah. like yeah. that movie's supposed to come out and that's when people are like you can't make that movie have you Fuck seen you. it have you I seen, haven't it? seen it we no. covered it it's like goddamn trans thinly veiled confessions of like like i believe he feels tortured inside because this fucking movie is him just being like yeah i lust after my daughter and her and i'm an asshole and it's real like i know Oof. this is a movie yeah. but it's real like that's the strong impression you get yeah i haven't seen it. did it get it got released eventually or it got leaks. You can oh, just find okay. it online. Yeah, yeah. Because I did watch controversially enough, uh, Billionaire Boys Club last week. Uh, yeah, with Kevin Spacey. Box office of like three hundred and twelve dollars. Nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Here's the thing: <laughs> really good movie. Really, we've just agreed to like because it's Kev- it. Yeah. Which uh, I know this is a weird thing to say, but it kind of sucks for like Emma Roberts, who's fucking amazing in that movie. Like it's it's a fun movie with a good cast and, and the crew. Everyone always forgets the whole crew. That yeah, works and no on Roseanne and no then one's, has to quit. Yeah, no one's gonna watch this, so I don't mind saying it. Uh, Kevin Spacey dies like a third of the way through, so it's mostly not Kevin Spacey. I'll ask you an even more charged question because he used to be genuinely my favorite actor for quite a period. Is he really good? He's pretty it? good in it. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Like, don't. Why can't people's insides be concordant with their outsides? Right. <laughs> I get like separate. I get like, I'm like, whatever, everybody. Not everybody. I mean, it's like, it's not like that's the first movie I've watched oh. where I had to go acknowledge that 
the person I'm watching. Forget it, Adam. Has done Chinatown. Terrible things. Yeah. Um, I really feel like yes, I can totally separate it, especially when they're dead. Like I understand that the thing that came out of it is a thing, and it stands on its own as an artistic artifact. So what you're saying is Kevin Spacey Die. needs to be killed, basically, because while they're still alive, there's a difference between like if I if someone could guarantee his victims were going to find some kind of justice and he wouldn't benefit, I could watch Billionaire's Boy Club. Right. Which is why I felt okay downloading a leaked copy of I Love You, Daddy to trash Louis C.K. on our show. Sure. Because it's I can totally separate the art from the creator, but while the creator's still benefiting, I don't want them to benefit from their crimes. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm probably going to pirate the house the Jack built and enjoy it. The <laughs> To hear you uh, describe it as a, a man just getting away with things time and again that to me would kind of make it sort of a statement about the trump administration i feel like i was talking about this in therapy but i feel like you know everybody there's like a balance and injustice right now like because trump has gotten away with everything anybody that's below trump is going down because it's like when you can't topple the king, they're like, "Well, you got to go." Everybody's right. got to. Everybody. Anyone gotta, we can get. Anybody yeah. <laughs> we can get because people are like, "We can't get this guy." Fuck everybody. But everything's <laughs> fucked. So fuck you. Fuck you. And You're it's not cool. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the people don't deserve it, but it's like people are like, "Fuck everything." You know, like <laughs> I don't know. Would this level of would this be the same level? But there's like a there's like a the scales of justice are in balance. So people are like, "Fuck this." Yeah. Yeah, it does feel that way. It's it's a weird time to be alive, man. It's going to be historically notable for sure. And I think in my lifetime, this is the first time period that feels obviously historically notable. Like, we yeah. were lucky to live through a period where, like, yeah, obviously 9-11's huge. That will be historically notable. The Somewhat. entire fallout of that, the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. But Sorry, I'm being rude. I didn't have the 9-11. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this uh, is the first time, I guess, I've been old enough to process, like, oh, Nothing protects you from, like, you're not necessarily going to live in an uneventful time. You right. could live through the time where America ends. Like, there's yeah. nothing protecting you from that. Yeah, and it just can get crazy. History's happening, bitches. Yeah, it does, <laughs> it does feel that way. And if not for the prospect of so many people dying, it would almost be an exciting time. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Like, if not for all the death that will follow, yeah. it's really interesting to see where this fucking it's, country's going. And surprising you, like... Oh wow, there's more Nazis than I thought. Like we're having interesting revelations yeah. about ourselves. Just yeah. left and right. I thought they mostly died after Indiana Jones made it seem not cool to be a Nazi. Yeah, for all we know, in a few years it could be like the Trump administration literally making the horror movies like the Nazis made all their <laughs> right. movies in Nazi Germany. I mean, I just don't have faith that they uh can I mean they're doing some terrible stuff, but I mean the one thing is that his incompetence keeps him from doing a, all the in- terrible stuff i don't know he's done some terrible I mean, the pe- stuff the people around him the the people the people around him are like doing the terrible st- like he's he is barely are they comp- doing the terrible stuff or are they trying to stop or him from suggesting doing terrible ter- stuff because there's also well, they that- have their own agenda of terrible shit they want right. like scott pruitt wanted to fuck the environment before trump didn't whisper that in his ear he right. just chose to give him free reign and my, I've said this a couple times before. My worry with that New York Times op-ed where they're like, now Trump is doing some good things. They don't really specify what the good and bad things he's doing. Mm-hmm. So for all we know, they could be like, man, he really needs to be deporting these immigrants a little bit or faster. Or like, he didn't launch a nuke yet. Did you notice? <laughs> good job. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> yeah. It's also just he 
this whole administration has pushed us into a new historical political sphere where you're like, oh, I thought if you had an illegitimate child and were laundering money with enemies of the state, you had to like bust ass to do that very secretly. Right. It's totally making you be like, oh, maybe there isn't the law. I didn't realize that it was that fragile. If you're the president, like we had that movie Absolute Power where the president murders some woman and they're like, well, everything's in chaos now. I think Trump could publicly murder someone and things would not change radically. Yeah. I mean, he he said that when he was campaigning. And it's not fully inaccurate. Like, it comes from a real place. Who do we think it's going to be? My money is on Hillary Clinton. Ah, you guys. He's pretty obsessed. I don't... I feel like the tide is turning. I I watched... If he's going to kill Feinstein, now's the time. But, like... (laughs) Right. Bill... Bill, Like, his approval rating is starting to fall. Not among Republicans who voted for him. It's higher than ever. Nah, well, but there's less Republicans now. That's the thing. And and his approval rating is starting to dip over the past couple of weeks because of all the bad news. And, like, I was watching Bill Maher, and he had a good point that Bill Barr was like, he's just he's ran out of material. He's doing the same act, and people are like... I think it's going to be fuck brown people, honestly. I think he'll lean into it, that. It's going to be... But are you scared of him, like me? It's going to be <laughs> fuck brown people... But it's going to be with a strong push to get black people on board with fuck brown people. Mm. Like, that's really the racial divide he's looking to stoke when it comes to immigration. He wants to win immigration. He wants to win. Oh, man. Well, he's killing like, it so far with well, the remember Kaepernick that? and the LeBron James. Right, exactly. just slaying. But he's also got prison reform. Like, he, like if he does any yeah. kind of mass prison reform thing, that's going to fucking resonate. With Ooh, black especially people, when for sure. like the one thing that keeps people I know who are so anti-Trump, of course, and would have voted for Hillary, their sticking point is usually like, "Yeah, but she really fucked up on the mass incarceration tip." She like, did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it would be so terrible. It's almost like Ender's Game, where you're like, "Oh, he's gonna fix it. The worst guy in that's, the world gets to do the good thing." Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. And like, he didn't say he's gonna win 95 percent of the black vote in 2020 for no reason. Like he said that. And he's got plans, like all of his immigration plans. The guy who wrote his, I've said this so many times on the podcast, I apologize, people. The guy who wrote his, basically is the architect of his immigration platform that was on his website uh, all through his campaign, is a guy named Peter Kersenow. Papa John. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a a guy named Peter Kersenow who's a black dude. Uh, His father is a Russian immigrant. Who escaped Cold War Soviet Union? It's like perfectly positioned, for right? This, yeah, and his entire stance is illegal immigration hurts black males more than anyone else, and that if we can kind of reverse the tide of illegal immigration, then we'll be able to get jobs into uh, black communities. And if you read Trump's, if you read Trump's early, or go read my cracked article, the first cracked article I wrote about no. Trump. There's yeah, <laughs> fuck him. Uh, there's screenshots in there of bits and pieces of his campaign stuff. And it was all about moving black people from high crime, high poverty areas and out into other areas. Somehow he had a refugee program for inner city children as one of his campaign uh, he's ideas. just trying to speed up gentrification. <laughs> Why don't you move out to the suburbs where there aren't <laughs> no... S- I do think that's kind of it. I think he wants to clear out those areas through, one, moving kids who 
maybe don't have parents or being raised by siblings, moving them to better situations, and then also imposing mandatory minimums for gun crimes, which but I def- is another thing he pointed at doing in his early campaign stuff. The default position for people who have always been rich and now are like tied in politically seems to always be a pit all the small oppressed right. groups against one another so like i don't even think that happens consciously it's like the end result of well how would this system defend itself when the jig is up and everyone knows it's corrupt and full of shit basically the only real option is look over there that guy said you're a prick like you guys should fight yeah yeah let's go through this last article quick this is from march 2017 it's a mashable article called Horror Movie Rules as a Trump Survival Tactic on Mashable.com, written by Heather Dockray. These are uh, horror movie rules that allegedly apply to Trump. Just when you think the bad guy is gone for good, he comes back again and again, each time a little bit uglier. I'm not going to say fuglier. Come on. I'm a goddamn adult. Uh... I, I think that I don't know that that necessarily Trump's not gone. He hasn't gone anywhere. But every time we're like, we got him. Every yeah, time yeah. there's like a big story, like it, that would sink any other politician ever. Oh, and, for sure. And, and it has like other politicians been sunk. Totally. And then like, we, we're like, we got him. But he's Illegitimate like, kid with a porn star. It's funny because like, I don't care that Bill Clinton got blown. And I don't care that if the president had an illegitimate dot, if it doesn't affect their governing, personally. Right. But, like, where's the consistency? Yeah, That's Bill Clinton all. got impeached <laughs> yeah. over that shit. Over yeah, a blowjob. And yeah. if you're familiar we're with blowjobs, like, traditionally, they do not produce a life that right. has to, like, <laughs> exist for 60 to 80 years. <laughs> but, yeah, but coming from, like, the, you know, the religious right and the ones that want to, like, rule our lives with their moral bullshit, and then they're like... Yeah, but this that's fine. You have it's crazy like, to have whatever. seen whatever. Because yeah. I know humans can rationalize a lot, but I really thought like the guy who runs the mega church made out of steel, I really thought he had locked in, you know? <laughs> but to see like you've seen so many major evangelical preachers <laughs> go like well, God forgives him, so... And you're like, yeah. that's so out of character, so fast, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Truly impressive malleability yeah. for someone who cannot let go of the idea of a magic person in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're really flexible on this shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rule number two, never split up and try to fight the killer alone. That I buy, because right. the left is very fractured right now in terms of who... Well, frankly, support. I think that's problematic that you said that, and we're enemies now. Oh, yeah, that makes <laughs> that makes sense. If I'm you gonna make my own podcast, boycott the Small Beans Network, please. No. and <laughs> me and Swaim are going to have a Twitter war. Swaim, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like right now, like every person who says they're running for president on the left, I'm just like, oh, not you. Because so far it's been like Joe Biden, John Kerry, Oscar De La Hoya. Pass, 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 hard passes. The people who are going to vote liberal are ready for really liberal people, I agree, who are like, yeah, you can jump ahead in the line if your platform's like fresh and exciting. We're ready for some new shit. You got to be likable, dog. That's Yeah, yeah, you got to be likable. Then like sometimes I hear like they were like, that Andrew Cuomo wants to run from New York. And I'm like, that guy sucks. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. And nobody wants it. And he's like. Is he like a he's like a moderate at best? Right. And I've already seen fifteen YouTube videos of Joe Biden groping women. Like that will be an issue. <laughs> They're already out there. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be old. <laughs> yeah. I mean the just the visual of TV 
if you get a young guy, you get a young guy or or young woman, right. like somebody out there fucking playing basketball, doing some fucking athletic. We shit. need another Obama, basically. We or need Kennedy. Somebody, yeah, yeah. Like athletic shit, and then it, <laughs> you got uh, like on TV, you see like Trump is all like barely he can't say sentences sometimes and shit. And yeah, you get somebody young and fresh. Kennedy got away with having sex with sex symbols and everyone was like we know but it's fine yeah <laughs> yeah really no one really gave a shit when kennedy was press was it. very different back then. yeah the yeah, press was yeah. different yeah it's just like passing out cigars they're like congratulations mr <laughs> president we'll leave you alone uh let's see another rule if you feel like there's a secret evil lurking inside a big white house you're right yeah okay <laughs> don't let anyone tell you that there's nothing to be scared about hell yeah to that because yeah. I remember after Trump got elected, uh, I remember uh, there was at least one article on this website that I won't even name anymore, where this uh, white dude obviously wrote this article and was like, come on, there's really nothing to be scared of just because Trump's president now. <laughs> and it's like, that's the same person who was telling you Trump's never going to win. Yeah, right. Like, don't listen to that fucking voice right now, please. And you heard that a lot. Like, there were a lot of mostly white dudes who are like there's no reason to worry now that trump's in office like, yeah you have more layers of shelter around you <laughs> that make you able to right. feel that way yeah <laughs> because in reality like one of the ways i do believe white privilege is real and feel it is that no matter who's president doesn't affect me but i know that it affects millions of other people right like i have the intense privilege that i found a niche and it's paying the bills and Really, none of this actually literally affects my day to day, other than my knowledge that it's affecting millions of right. my, like co-country people. The biggest way Trump has impacted me personally directly in your actual life, yeah, <laughs> is that it's a really good time for me to incorporate uh, unpops as a business. Uh -huh, like uh -huh. that's that's literally been the main impact. That and I pr I presumably have friends with. Family members who are probably facing deportation right, right now. Also that. <laughs> or maybe at the most, I have slightly more or less money, depending on what tax cut does or doesn't go through, right. but it doesn't actually affect my life. Right. Um, hey, man, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean someone's not trying to grab you by the pussy. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's from a Nirvana song. <laughs> <laughs> That's what In Utero was about. <laughs> really getting deep in there. All right, we're at 54 minutes. Let's get to... Does anyone have anything else, any last thoughts to add on Trump and horror movies before we get to comments? I just think that list is fairly weak and could be funnier. Yeah. That's, all I'm going to do is use my precious time to throw shade at a writer I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the bullet points were good, but the... Yeah. I didn't read the whole article. The, the whole... You, you'll have to go read don't it. Don't let yourself type yourself. fugly in a non-ironic way in 2018 <laughs> as a comedian. It's an excellent point. <laughs> All right, let's get to comments. That point is sick. You that know, point was tight. It's a big world out there. It's easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter. I want you to know that's not true. We call this segment Your Voice Matters, where we read your stupid fucking comments from the past few shows. Stupid fucking comments. And respond to them personally. 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 Fade it out, Brett. Good job. Brett's still on the podcast. He just doesn't talk anymore. Yeah, he, he, uh, he slowly dampens the piano keys with like a towel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Takes a lot of technique. Uh, let's read comments from the last episode, which was called Things You Probably Forgot About 9-11. Does everyone know the first first responder to die on 9-11 uh, was hit by a falling woman? 
No. Oh, heavy. that's sad. Yeah. Thought you were going to say something fun about Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sad. Rebel Girl says, does anyone else remember the Tough Crowd episode where nope. Colin Quinn <laughs> has a let's make a deal skit that describes the exact future sequence of events in Iraq? I don't remember that. I only watched like four minutes of that show ever at a time. I, it wasn't my favorite. I like Colin Quinn generally, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked it when he hosted it. Sure, didn't they got a different host at one point, right? Did they? I thought, or maybe not. No, oh no, I'm thinking of a different show. You yeah. thinking of the Man Show yeah. changing hosts seven yeah. times? Okay, <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did like Tough Crowd with mm-hmm. Colin Quinn. It was all right, but <laughs> it was just like mostly New York comedians, just like talking shit to each just other just spending some time i mean who are we to shit on it we're podcasters yeah. but i'm like i don't like a thing where guys just chat <laughs> yeah that's right yeah, yeah. andy sell just texted me and said he's on his way well fuck <laughs> that that's a tough sell but uh <laughs> i am more enamored of the conspiracy theory that you should just look up because it's been covered on the internet many times of that card game illuminati collect uh, correctly predicting 9-11 and the iraq war and shit Oh, no, it's I'll have to look at that. Compelling, yeah. Have you heard about the Deadly Double, which was a dice game? There was an ad for a dice game in New Yorker magazine the week before Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And it had like the these dice that Dungeons and Dragons wasn't a thing at the right. time. So there was no reason for these dice to have the weird numbers it had on uh-huh. it. And it basically spelled out when Pearl, like the How date Pearl happen. Harbor happened. And there's a Snopes article about it. And they're like, yeah, we talked to the guy who put put the ad there, and it's nothing. It was just a game he was thinking of making at some point. Like, So he took out a full-page ad in the right. New Yorker for a thing that didn't exist yet. And they were like, it's nothing. But also, here's a weird side note. He was in the precursor to the CIA during World War II. So, so he's not going to fucking thing. tell yeah. you. <laughs> Man, there's more of those than I thought, because there's also the New York crossword puzzle that had all the code words like, Overlord Omaha and the oh, they had yeah. to go interview the crossword puzzle writer and they proved they're like it's just a coincidence so it's fine <laughs> but there was a lot of shit like that. Uh, Nate Beverly says you guys are fucking wrong. <laughs> the appropriate ratio of batter to pickle is only achievable in slices. And, Fuck fried pickles. And you spears. talked about that on a nine eleven episode. I think that did I come agree. up. With <laughs> I agree with Nate. I'm a pickle slices fried pickle man. I don't I like love fried pickles. Fried pickles. I, I like pickles and I like fried foods, but I don't like the combination i'm all the above i don't like the salty sour i guess i don't know Mm. Mm. Uh, matthew coffee says in korean dong means shit Mm. all right i mean around my house that's what it means (laughs) good we have more in common than i thought (laughs) good to know cheesy says man sonic is trash besides their drinks tommy's is where it's at I thought he meant Sonic the Hedgehog, and I was literally going to rip the microphone <laughs> apart. Sonic uh, the Restaurant. Fine. I got no beef with Cheesy. <laughs> I like Sonic the Restaurant a whole lot. Never, haven't been. Never been. Never been. Really? Yeah, they're not. there's not a lot in California. Yeah. There to, are now a few, but growing up, there was zero. Like, you had to go to Nevada, I think. Was the yeah, it wasn't really in, like, the Cincinnati area where I grew up either. And, like, their com- commercials are so ubiquitous that I'd be like, why? Yeah, the commercials are everywhere. Right. They aired nationally, and you would like Google, where is a Sonic? It's like 400 miles away. (laughs) Well, then why are you showing me food from it that I want now? Come on. They have the best tater tots. Tater tots are really good. I like their burgers. Their loyalty to Pebble Ice and UCB Comedian Improv in their commercials uh, wins me over. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Those two have been doing those commercials for a long fucking time. Uh, What's everyone's thoughts on Tommy's? Eh, mediocre. I, I don't like, like Tommy's. I, it's like you're just 
chili cheese fries are good. But yeah, that's but they put they chili on the burger. I feel like that's just gross. Like they the- have that chili that's like at least ninety five percent just ground beef, and it's like a bright red paste. Right. <laughs> They Which add, I can like sometimes. This but. is going to sound weird. I think they put too much chili on. Like, they're too proud of their chili. Sure. And it's like, yeah, your hot dog's under there somewhere. <laughs> like, I want to be able to hold the fucking thing and eat it and not have to, like, have 15 fucking napkins. And also, it's outdoors. Yeah. And pigeons are no a fucking thing. It also always trips me out, and I don't like the feeling. When I go to a Tommy's, I can't help but think about the fact that their logo is a picture of a Tommy's with a logo, which is a picture of a Tommy's <laughs> with a logo. Like, they have the only recursive logo that I'm aware of. I do I like that. I'm not there for that. No, like I'm that. into that. <laughs> uh, Philip Bennington says, just so you all know, my city of Venice, Florida, trained the 9-11 hijackers. Come to Florida! I literally just realized typing this out that Florida ruined a lot of things in the 2000-2001 era. All right, that's a solid comment. I don't know yeah. why. Why was that on yeah. the bat? Is this all bad comments? No, no. I uh, saw. A picture. No, I, I just I, I exaggerate when I say your shitty fucking comments. No, so I, just reading comments. I thought they nailed it. <laughs> Someone whose name I don't recall uh, tweeted today something that got a chuckle out of me, which was a photo of a USA Today interview. Like they do little sections where they interview regular people, and they asked this woman, "Why'd you move to Florida?" And she said, "I, I threw a dart at a map, and it fell in the trash." <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. That is a good line. And she frowned for her photo. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not know that. Did, was it like an official, like, did the city get budget money? And they were like, hey, we got these hijackers we need trained in Venice, Florida. It, just got the more contract. Than that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he means that's where they did flight school. The flight school, yeah. yeah. I think some, weren't some of them in Minneapolis, too? Not sure. Maybe United 95. I need to check my trading Pentagon. cards and see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 9-11, the trading. Remember Desert Storm? Yeah, they had yes. totally. That was like, man, Osama they had that was on a card. produced. They were like, we're going to have fucking trading cards. Everybody had cool names mm. and shit. Yeah, that was. Chemical Ali was the queen of hearts because you just, everyone just fell for him when they got close. <laughs> yeah, that was. You. That was an interesting time where they were trying to like make war like football. I think yeah. it's an in- interesting time now where Jim from The Office thinks he's the one to relive all of that. <laughs> makes yeah. no sense to me with the Jack Ryan. I, it's bizarre. Yeah, I tried to watch an episode, and it does really feel like Jim from The Office. Like he's just trying to, like in a Halloween costume. Like, right. Yeah, it's bizarre. And last comment. Elliot Farmer says, I hate you for making this funny, the funniest goddamn Unpops episode yet. I was laughing so hard, I almost 9-11'd my car. Ooh, flying car. Yeah. You're going to have to kill a lot of people with that car to legitimately 9-11 it. That's a bold claim, sir. Uh, but that's our episode. Thank you both so much for being here. Oh, thanks, buddy. Can I mention one thing? Oh, yeah, we're going to do plugs and things. Or do you uh, mean something from this? No, I, this isn't really a plug, so I didn't really know where to put it. But uh, a lady came out to my show because she heard me on your podcast. Woo! Da- da- oh, nice. Dayton, Ohio. I think yeah. her name was Zoe. I can't promise that that's her name. but Oh, that's awesome. She came Man. out with her dad, so I couldn't really work in a game. Thank you, it's hard to be like, what are you doing later in front of somebody's dad? But she was cute. Oh, I assumed you were asking the dad. What are you up to later? Can you ditch her? I made out with a girl at a U2 concert, and she was there with her dad. Man. We were in the, like, it was st- floor, like, general. Hey, like, Pops, s- get a look at this. Standing floor, and it was packed. Uh-huh. So eventually, like, we got separated, and the f- my friend who came with me was, like, a f- like 15 feet away, 
kind of trapped with her dad, and mm-hmm. I was like deeper in the crowd, just making out with his daughter so fucking hard. The first time I ever made out, and, and it was amazing. Touched breast was in the back seat of my dad's car as he drove us home from L.A. to San Diego. Nice. Constantly one eye on the rearview mirror, <laughs> one eye on the boobies. Good times. Good times. I also, before I'm we move on... I'm becoming a man back here. <laughs> just as proof the context is everything, how different would it have been if they said I Charlottesville'd my car? And I'm not trying to be <laughs> funny. I'm thinking as a comedian how... Like, South Park did that episode where they say it's 22 years or whatever. Like, that timing thing is weird for me. Oh, yeah. How come he can make that joke? <laughs> I don't know. 9-11 jokes. Come on. Hey, They're you brought now. me the fuck down. I'm bringing you the fuck down. <laughs> Listen to our last episode. It was all a 9-11 joke. Yeah, yeah, I buy it. (laughs) Uh, All right. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? Patreon.com slash unpops. You get all kinds of bonus shit for $5 a month. You get all our episodes ad-free, so that's nice. Uh, Go sign up for that. And also, last Saturday of every month, we do a live episode at the Hollywood Hotel. This month, it's September 29th, and I don't know who's on it yet, but we'll figure it out. Dave, what do you got to plug? Nothing really. I think I'm going to be in Chicago next month. It's nice. on my website. I don't know when this is going to Where end. are you doing in Chicago? The Comedy Bar. Nice. And then, I don't know, if, if people just, I, they can go to my website, DaveWaitComedy.com, and they can just, if they, they just can email me just if they want. Just have a chuckle. <laughs> if they got any ideas. Get in touch. Get in touch Personal questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you would. Swain, what do you got? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Swaim underscore C-O-R-P. Uh, our network's at patreon.com slash smallbeans. Or if you don't feel like giving us money, just go on your phone and look for Small Beans on your podcasting app. Yeah. Yeah. Tight. All right. Let's get out of here. Swaim, say goodbye. Bye, Swaim. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Dave, say goodbye. Later, dude. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bristol Street!